you let's just while we're standing turn in our bible to the book of colossians took a little more time just wanted to share those things i think that's important too let's turn this morning to the book of colossians chapter 1 colossians chapter 1 i want to follow up on a service minister 2 weeks ago i will build my church i'll call this part 2 and let's just read colossians chapter 1 let's read verse 15 Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him, all things consist. This is not just a big bang theory and then everything's there. He has an integral part in all the movement of the universe, in everything that's going on. There is nothing out of his control. He is working right now. He's not sitting back somewhere, but he's involved. He's here this morning. He's in the service this morning. He knows where you're at this morning. And he said, and he is the head of the the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time, the songs we've sung, for the gathering, for everyone that's here. Lord, forgive us where we've come short, our humanity, our flesh. We stumble, we fall, we make mistakes. But we know, Lord, there's a propitiation. There it's not on how good we can be. Lord, it's but rather how perfect the sacrifice was. And Lord, you knew we would need this, so you gave your own life. You gave your own blood. And this morning, we desire to be found under the blood. Therefore, we ask you, Lord, look beyond that what we have done wrong. Forgive us. And I pray, O Lord, that you'd work on our behalf, for you're the high priest of our confession. May you bless us as we've gathered together this morning. Take the service into your control. Lord, you know where everyone is at. We ask that you would work and move in our midst. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. I'm going to ask you to keep your Bibles open. We're going to turn to the book, stay in the book of Colossians. Uh, We finished in verse 18, I believe. I'm going to read where that in all things he might have the preeminence. Sure, sure good to see all of you. Uh, Brother Bob, I I agree with you, and and it's just nice to see faces. Doesn't it feel good to sing without a mask? My goodness, isn't that that wonderful? Hallelujah. (laughs) You know, I, 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 I don't know if it was somewhere in the middle of the pandemic, and there was a church that had one of these signs. 
And it said, we are on the road. We are like Paul. We are on the road to demask us. <laughs> We're here. We've arrived. We're demasked. <laughs> uh, sometimes my sons groan when I tell those dad jokes. But uh, this was on. This is one I saw. I'm just repeating it. You know, I can tell you the church. I can tell you the billboard. But that's okay. So let's let's pick up. We want to speak on. I will build my church. Part two. I want to take this as a subtitle: Fellowship under the blood. But let's just read verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Let's take this now into verse 20 and read a little further. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. It's the Father calling the, ch- the children back home. It's him. When we weren't looking for him, he was calling for us. In the body of his flesh through death to present you, holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in His sight. Oh, God, help us to look as God looks, to look at ourselves, to look at others, not to look at what we see in our flesh, not to see one another through the deeds of their flesh, but to look through the blood. We are the church this morning, not the church that has a name on a directory, but the church of Jesus Christ, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are His life. We are His body. Christ, the mystery of God, revealed one of the most outstanding statements in the, in, in, in the, in the message. The church is the blood by the Spirit. How do we become that? Because he projected it that way. My, i got to stop getting ahead of myself here. And he says, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature that is under heaven, where I am Paul and made a minister. Ephesians chapter 1, I'm using a little bit of, um, building on a little bit of what I spoke on Wednesday, but I'm going to just... Take a few scriptures to get to where I want to get to. These are familiar to our memory, but they are fresh to our soul. It's the eternal Word of God that cannot stop. Therefore, don't just take it to your memory. Let it digest to your soul. Think about it. Blessed be the God and our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him, not on your own, in Him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Last time we spoke on this, we took a a little bit of time on talking about the sovereignty of God. 
He is before all things. By him all things consist. Who has he taken counsel with? Who has told him what he can do? Nobody. He had an intent and a purpose. He is still the supreme power in the universe. And whatever he determines, that will come to pass. Who can say anything against it? What demon? What power? As Paul would say in the middle of a jail in Rome, in Romans chapter 8, who can separate us from the love of God? Who can separate us? Shall anything past, present, future, nothing will separate us. We are his. We are bought by his own blood. Now, I, I want to just move ahead. Ephesians chapter 2. We had read in Wednesday, chapters 1 to 10. Let's pick up verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that you being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called the uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. So in other words, we weren't a part of it. We were the uncircumcised. It wasn't something we could deal with in our flesh that would automatically qualify us. No, that was, that was Abraham in a, in a covenant God made with the natural seed. But we were the uncircumcised. Now he says that at the time when you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now, I trust you're picking something up. It, the Bible would say in the earlier part of, of Ephesians 2, it says, God has raised us up. We had a little seed in us we didn't know. And in fact, we still don't know the full potential of that seed, but God's working with us, constantly quickening us, constantly resurrecting us, bringing us up higher. How? By His Word. His Word activated by His Spirit. Not just a word in our head, but something in our hearts. I have often come to church. I have often felt tired. I felt like I'm not in this. I'm not in it, but... I don't know, God put something in me that when the word comes and I start to engage and lock in on it, it does something for me. It changes my thinking. It cleanses me. Sometimes I'm an alien in my own mind by something I did. Oh, I got to do this. I got to go to purgatory. I got to do. No, all you got to do is receive the word. The word that cleanses you. You are clean by the word that Jesus speaks to us. And when he speaks to us, it suddenly changes. It breaks an atmosphere. That which the devil holds over you, it begins to disappear. I tell you, I find it very necessary to be under the sound of the gospel. I need it daily. Mine. So you would say, he has raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The scriptures we read in Colossians and Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2, 
Everything is talking about a placing, but it's all in Christ. It's all in Him. Now, God in the beginning was a creator, and in the very beginning, He was the creator of heavens and earth. He had a plan in mind. He had, he had projected how He was going to do things. I, I, was, I was out listening. Uh, I was a wonderful day yesterday. I got out really early in the morning. I was out on the, on the lake, and, and as I'm there... It was just me and the lake and the sun and the birds and the water and the tape I was listening to, <laughs> and it was wonderful. And, and, and this is in God's power to transform. And Brother Branham would say, now, God had in his mind, uh, he said the world was in chaos, it was dark, it was without form, but God spoke to it. The Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, and God began to transform it. That was creation. He was creating something. He was bringing something. And, and, and Brother Bannon would say, God is the fountain of all grace and power and all wisdom. There is no other creator but God. I still say amen. He created by his word. He sent his word. So all the seeds he had placed on the earth, he formed those seeds by his word, and there was nothing else to make the seeds out of that. Now, when the earth was dark, there were seeds in the earth. That was the first creation, but so also in this latter day when there was an earth and we were dark and, and we were clouded over by wicked thinking, there was a little seed in there, but it took God to speak to that seed and bring the life out of that seed and show that He is a creator, that He is God, that only He can do that. And He was telling Satan because there's one thing Satan can't do. That's he can't create. There's one thing Satan can't do. He can't create. I said that the second time for the devil to hear. You cannot do it. You cannot stop what God is doing. So he would say, now, what the devil did do, and he spends a, a fair bit of time talking about this in the message, and you can listen to several messages he preached on this line, but he said he could only pervert or deform. In other words, he could take the pure word of God. God had said, you know, every seed after his kind. And as long as the seed stayed in the channel of life, it would bring forth exactly what God said. But when it got out of that channel, it brought something different forth. God in his mind, we took the quotation on Wednesday. God in his mind, when he spoke to Abraham... He spoke to him and he says, your seed will dwell in a strange land for 400 years. But after that, I'll bring them out with a mighty hand. And Brother Brandon brings the quote, at that moment, he already thought of Moses. He already thought of his nature. He already thought of everything that Moses would be. He thought of everything. So God already had that in his mind. And when Moses came, he couldn't help but follow what God had in his mind. 
Now Abraham had this promise before Abraham ever had a child, before he ever had a son. He was to bring forth a whole nation and nations and God promised him. But at a certain time in a certain season when nothing was happening, then Abraham listened to the church, which was Sarah at that time. She was a type of the church. And Sarah said, well, maybe it'll be by my bondswoman, which was Hagar, who will bring forth. Now, that was not what God had in his mind. But yet a channel that God had designed to work through, and yet it was not going to bring forth. And it has brought forth, and to this very day, we have Ishmael, and we have Isaac, and the lineage of both in the earth today, and that's what dominates much of the news still. So you still have it. But on the other hand, that still didn't stop God from bringing forth the correct seed. And it was through the womb of Sarah, and it was going to be Isaac. So no matter what we've done wrong, no matter what we, and we all do things wrong, and we pay for it. I, 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 I sometimes think, forgive me, Lord, how much I've wasted, how much I've done wrong, how much I've, I, I, let me find more and more of the channel that you want to work in. Let me be only to be what he wants me to be. So he would take a lot of time in this message talking how God would speak all of these things into existence. God's great keonomy. He would, everything would bring forth. It was what God had determined. And then after a while, along comes this deformer, which was to pervert. It's to change something over, to deform. And that's what's happened in our life. It's been deformed. Everything is that way. This is under the first creation, there was an ability to deform. There was an ability to do things. There was something that was there. And I'm dropping that in. I'm going to come back to it. Go with me. We're still in the middle of Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, where did we stop at here? But now in Christ Jesus, verse 13, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Verse 14. For he is our peace. He hath made both one. I'm, I'm really talking about fellowship under the blood. As I was just getting off the lake and I'm listening to Brother Branham, and I, I think it's really valuable sometimes just to hear how Brother Branham says it. The age we live in. You know, I think my, my son and I were just talking about this yesterday. 50 years ago, to be a, a Christian... And you, wherever you were, whether you were in the message or other, that actually meant something. To say you're a Christian now, you have no idea what that means to some people. Because their minds and their thinking have so been clouded over. And, and as I said, we would be like that too. We're not God left a seed. And we can get like that if we, if we allow the thinking of the world. There's, there's so much that rubs off on us. Can you, can you allow me just to, if, if I need to speak or meddle or do whatever I got to do, it's for me too. Can you allow me that? I, we, there's a reason we're all here this morning, and, and, and I, 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 I submit myself to the Lord, and Lord, you, you speak. But I, as I listen to the prophet just speaking that, it just caught me. He says, do people actually know that they'll be responsible for the words they say? Do people actually think that every time that a woman goes into a barber shop to cut her hair, that would be played back? 
Do we even think, he says, that the little idle words in his, when God's great record is played, and I'm listening to that, and then he's kind of going in and he's saying, and he says, God extends mercy, you can have that all covered over by the blood. That's my only hope, my only righteousness, because otherwise I'm lost as lost can be. And I say this, as we come to church, let's not hold things. Let's not have little things that are there, and, and, and let's look as God looks. Is, is this all right this morning? I, 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 let, let's, and he says, you think, he says, he says pe- people act like there's not going to be a judgment. And then even in a Christian realm, it gets to a church, you come to church and I did wrong, oh well, forgive me Lord. That, that's not the God we serve. I'll tell you, when I do wrong, there's, there's times I go for a walk and I pray. There's times when, when I, I, I feel like I need to set myself aside, I need to kneel down, I need to be sincere with God, and I need to tell Him, cleanse me and purge me from these thoughts. Lord, don't let me be in this channel. Don't let the, me be an instrument for Satan. Let me be a channel for God. Let your life flow. Let your inspiration flow. You're a minister, Brother Ed. Yes, and I need the blood as much as everybody else does. He is our peace, who hath made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Brother Bannon would say, if you love the things of the world, the love of God isn't even in you. That doesn't mean you can't go out and love fishing or love your tractor and go out, but he says, if you love the things, the systems, and I'll tell you, the only way you can, you know, you can have that is it's an enmity to God. But, but we want to be whatever he brings to us. He, he'll do better for us than we want to do ourselves. Anyway, the enmity, even the law of commandments, Canadian ordinances, to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. Now look at this statement. That he might reconcile both unto God in one body. And Brother Branham would say, when he went to Calvary, I was in him. And when he died on the cross, I was in him then. Therefore, how can I deny Everything that was in him that he was paying the price for. Because at Calvary, it was finished. Everything we would have need of was in him then. Every bride member was in him then. All your healing was in him then. All the rapture was in him then. All the wickedness and the temptation you faced, it was an antidote that was in him then. In him is everything. And he would say, in one body, I'll come to this again, and he came and he preached peace unto you that were afar off and to them that were nigh. There's times I don't feel like I'm worthy enough to come. Maybe even in minister, and I say, oh God. But there is one approach. There's one thing that gives me confidence. That's the blood. And if I'm under the blood, 
then let me cleanse myself from all that I need to be cleansed from. For through him, for any, through him we both have access by one spirit under, under the Father. Now, I'm going to read something here. Just hold your, I'm still going to read a little bit more there, but Brother Brandon would, would talk on this. I mentioned this. It's come up a number of times, but this is out of Who is This Melchizedek? God in Morphe, a pillar of fire, he says, came down into a man called Jesus, and then it's God in Morphe in his church. God above us, God with us, God in us, the condescending of God. And he says, God came down and changed his tent and come and lived us among us, and we held him, the Bible said, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, handled with hands. God ate meat. God drank water. God slept. He was one of us. That was God above us, God with us. Now it's God in us. The Holy Spirit, not the third person, the same person. We are, we are an instrument for him. The Bible would, would or, or Brother Branham would actually say, and he, and he would talk about it in, in this way, in the Thyatiran age. He says, talking about the woman. On one hand, the woman, she, she was created a certain way. She could be seduced, she said such. And in her weakness, she allowed Satan to seduce her by way of the serpent. Now, he says... On one hand, the woman is in a very peculiar position. She is, on one hand, a type of all things vulgar, foul, and loathsome. Now, this is not just speaking to sisters. This is speaking to the spiritual body, female body too. And it says, and she is, on one hand, a type of all things vulgar, foul, and loathsome. On the other hand, she is a type of all things clean and beautiful. On one hand, she is called the whore, drunk with the wine of her fornications. On the other hand, she is called the bride of Christ. On one hand, she's called Mystery Babylon, an abomination before God. On the other hand, she's called the New Jerusalem, our mother. On one hand, she is so foul and wicked and lewd, she's cast into a lake of fire. And on the other hand, she's exalted into heaven sharing the very throne as the only place befitting a queen. Now, it's whatever we yield ourselves to. So he says, so I, I read part of this quote in Who is this Melchizedek? God above us, God with us, God in us, not the third person, the same person. And then Brother Branham makes this statement, which I've referred to. God came down and became flesh and died the death in Christ, so that he could clean the church in order to get into it for fellowship. God loves fellowship. That's what made him, that's the, what he made man at the first time for, for fellowship. God dwells alone with cherubims. Now, you may not think you in a church service and opening your mouth and lifting your hands means a lot. And you might, you might feel like, I don't, I, I'm not that way. But I'll tell you who it means a lot to is the Lord. 
We don't do it for the minister. We don't do it for the others to see. But we do it because I love him. He first loved me. Oh, Abba, Father. And, and the only way we have that fellowship is if, if we're cleansed in our mind from wicked words. You know, oh, how much God loves to hear your voice, your prayers, your worship. I go out in the mountains, and I, I'm out there, and, and, and I'm just saying, oh, how great thou art. And, and oh, it, and everywhere you go, it's all about him. He loves that. And now we, could, we were alienated. We were separated. There was a chasm. We couldn't cross it. But he says, I'm going to take care of that. And he has. He's taking care of it. He's continually taking care of it. So he also goes on to say, we have access by one spirit. Verse 19, chapter 2. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners. You ever walk somewhere into a... I, I was in Canada... And I, I was just 30 years ago, I think I was working in eastern Canada. I was in Ottawa, which is really a bilingual city. It's right on the border of Quebec. And, and, uh, and for the first time in my life, I felt like a foreigner. Because in some places you walk, if you didn't speak French, they were saying, hmm, who are you? And I'm going, and it's not everybody. Those that are French here this morning, du vous bénisse. God bless you. Okay. I, I, I'm one of you, and you're one of me, right? But over there, and then it gets even worse when you cross the border. And you go into Montreal, you can get by. It's an English city. You go up to Quebec City sometimes, and, then, and fine, it's fine. They're, they, they're built for tourism, so they understand. But there's some places you go to, if you don't speak French, you, you ask them a question in English, and they can speak it, but they don't even answer. They speak French. They feel like you need to come on their ground. You're in Quebec here, buddy. Anyway, Sorry. Uh, that's, that's just free. If you're from Quebec, we're so grateful you came over this way. <laughs> if you're from the French part of Africa, God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. <laughs> hey, there's <laughs> one or two. <laughs> hey, and I know, I know, I know. There are many French believers that feel like when the, the heavenly language was spoken. It was spoken in French. I understand that. We're going to check that out one day out here. God bless you, Brother Moses. I see you smiling there. <laughs> How did I get on that? My goodness. Okay. You're no more strangers and foreigners, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. If we're seated in Christ this morning... We're together in Him. Yeah. We're not here because you're forced to be here, because your name or you're this, I got to watch. No, it's in Him. Amen. And we are built, listen to the word, and we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth. Now, you, you go somewhere and you go into a nursery and tell them, my plant doesn't groweth very well. They'll look at you. But it's, it's an ongoing thing. It's growing. It's as, as I, I really believe more and more as we come along and, and things happen around us that there's got to be a unity within us. There's got to be a coming together. 
It's not just fellowship, me and God. No, you're going to need the body. You're going to need the God in the body. I'm going to need you more. We're all going to need one another more. And, and so, and he says, Groweth together unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So this is an ongoing process. It's a growing. It's a building. It, it's, it's started with a foundation. It's God still working. And I don't know if he's working on you, but I believe he's working on me. I believe he's continually bringing me to a place I, I need to come to. Sometimes he's got to knock some things out that aren't right. Sometimes it's some thoughts. Sometimes it's different things. Say, thank you, Lord. It's all your goodness. In, 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 in this message, there's some different messages, fellowship with God. God will never meet a man anywhere but under the blood. When you turn the blood down, your meeting place with God has been taken away. In, in a message, pardon. Oh, the victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. The token of the resurrection of Christ. His life lives within the church. There is no other way of fellowship but under the blood. And Brother Ram says it will take that blood, that fellowship, that spirit, that'll make a, a tuxedo hug a, a farmer with overalls on. And I know there's a few of you out there. Yeah, there are. And, and so I, I know one in particular, and he's smiling, so that's good. But anyway, he says, God only has one meeting place. That's under the blood. Let me, let me read this. This is another part. He says, he says remember, and, and this is now, I, I think I missed reading 1 John chapter 1, verse, you can read it later. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 to 10. But, but, he said, our fellowship, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, our fellowship is with him and with one another. In other words, when you're walking in that, you can actually fellowship. You might have some oughts. You might have some different feelings. You might have some different ways. But you know what? Then under that, you remember, we're all under the blood. And Jesus says, now remember, when you meet a brother or sister, that's another domination. Don't separate yourself. He's your brother. That's your sister. Now he speaks that in 62. He says, but we're all under the blood of Jesus Christ. When you meet somebody who's not as elevated as you are, or thinks you're elevated as you are, he says, you still ought to have fellowship. Because I always view it this way. I said, Lord, they may not be everywhere they should be, but if their trajectory is the right way, then don't let me put them down. Let me encourage them. Let me help them. And I think we ought to leave room for God to work with one another. And he says, we've tried different things to bring unity for fellowship. They've all failed. There's only one place of fellowship you can meet, and fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. Brother came up to me in the parking lot the other day after church. And he said, Brother Ed, now that we're here, can we have communion again? I said, I would love to. Communion. Just think, that's not just with God, but it's with one another. It's, it's washing feet with your brother, your sister. The love of God flowing through a body, making intercession one for another. Lord willing, we're going to do that. So he says... There's only one place under the cross where each man accepts the blood. 
Listen to this next statement. I don't care. In all of his peculiarity, he can still reach over and put his hand in the next hand, man's hand and call him brother when we meet at the cross where Jesus died. And the devil wants us to major on peculiarities. On, on, on things that are different, different approaches, words we've said and thoughts we've said and things that are uttered. You know what we need to do? We need to let them go. There's a part of this that I'm going to get to in another service, but I just need to, to, to say it that way. Let's go back for a minute. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. This is where we were taking our text from, and I, I, I missed two, two scriptures here along the way, but we're, it's okay. You all know where we're at. If you're here, Matthew 16. So this is where Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And Peter answers some, John the Baptist, Elias, Jeremiah. But who do you say? And Simon Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, we, we spent last week on the sovereignty of God, but also the sovereignty of revelation. Or two weeks ago. Verse 17, and Jesus answered, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and on, upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I don't know if there's ever been a time in history that we can say the gates of hell are around us, but they are. A modern Sodom and Gomorrah, you, you, you think whatever, when Brother Branham would talk about, oh, there's homosexuality, we all say homosexuality, it's hardly around us. We don't see it. We live in Alberta. Hey, I don't know if wherever you look now, when you see, I, I see musicians, we are going on a pride tour. Rainbow flag. I, 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 we have a, in, in where we live, in a little town, St. Albert, they, they have a road there right across the city hall. The crosswalk's painted in, rain, in a rainbow color. I go the other way. I don't go down that road. It's minor protest, but it's still, I don't believe in that stuff. And companies coming out. The bank, the bank I go to, you know, big pride colors. And no longer a picture of a mom and a dad, but it's two dads. Or, or we represent everybody. No, you don't. You don't represent the Christian that is holding to the Word of God. You don't represent that. Don't tell me you represent that. You do not. You, don't, you give more liberal... And, and I'll say this, every government in the world is falling into this. You give more credibility to those that align with your all-inclusive, everybody's part of it, but you don't allow us. That's right. You separate. That's right. that, this is, hey, and then there's companies, everything from Campbell's Soup to whatever, pride. <laughs> there's a scripture for that. Pride goeth before the fall. There, that's, that's, that's not a joke, but it's just, I'll tell you what, that, that's, that, that is the gates of hell around us. And I, and I tell you, it bombards us. We're almost scared to say anything about it. But somewhere, it's got to be a voice. It's got to be somebody that stands. I am not like this Sodom and Gomorrah. The life that's in me, not, not because I want to be different. No, the spirit within me is grieved. 
very grieved. And I'll tell you what, the more I listen to that, the more, the less I want to listen to the news. The less I want to hear everything. And my, my, my. So the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It says, then I'm just reading one more. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I'm going to come to that in another separate service. I'm going to skip First John, Brother Mark. We'll just, we've got to move along. Ephesians 5. These are scriptures you all know in your memory. But your soul still keeps feeding on them. They still keep going on. They don't stop. Ephesians 5. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. If we stop there, we'd all have our own definition of it. I bought you flowers. I fixed the tile in the back entrance. I didn't, but on the to-do list. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Oh. Now, I, I want you to think about the sovereign God. And, and, and Brother Branham would, would talk about it. Sometimes we, we don't, we, we view this, and, and this actually comes out of the Laodicean church age, we often think we get a view of God that makes Him seem very impersonal. It's like God made the whole universe, the laws according to it, and then He sort of, and then when the death of Christ atoned for our sins, the resurrection was an open door to Him, God just folded His arms and sat back. You ever feel like, where is God? Okay, you don't have to say it. I felt like that. Where's the answer? But you know, He's very active even when we don't see Him, even when we don't feel Him, even we, as, as diligent as He was in creation, that much more diligent He is in watching over the moving parts of His creation. If He can take the solar system and keep it in perfect time, if He can make creation, He can do all of those things. I know Satan's perverting things, and, and, and even the earth is groaning all around us and doing things. But if He is doing all of that, what about you and I? Listen, He says, and we major in believing in a great creator who, having created, has lost personal interest in His creation. Now, I say too many people are apt to think that, but it's the wrong thinking. God is governing in the affairs of men. He is both creator and sustainer. Something keeps holding me. Something keeps me going. When I had my head down and a word comes across, a song comes across, somebody phones, that's God in his people. Ephesians 5, it says, As he loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church. Not having a spot or a wrinkle or any such thing, 
but that it should be holy and without blemish. Now, you go anywhere, and if you look with carnal eyes, you find a church, if you go all the way to Happy Valley, or you go all the way to Evening Light Tabernacle, you go wherever you want to go, you're not going to find a church that meets your natural eyes criteria of that. And then sometimes we, we think, well, that's why, you know, it's just, just us. No, it, it, there's a God who's in, in us all. And, and I, I believe there's no situation that's perfect if we look with our own eyes. But the God who looks down is doing a work that is perfected. I, I, I need to say it this way. The, the God working, I'm going to use Esther as an example. Esther, there was a work being done in Esther in private that nobody saw before she ever came before the king. There was a chamberlain that was sent. He was the seventh of all the chamberlain, chamberlains. He, he, he directed her. There, there was a, uh, a eunuch in the king's horse that began to tell her. As, you know, everybody could have a choice what they would like to come into the king with. And Esther deferred it to him. You know what the king likes. You just tell me what the king likes. So it was six months of purification, six months of this, six months. But it was a work being done in, in secret. It wasn't a work that was out there for public show. And I'll say this, God's working right now in, in your lives, in my life. And, I, and we need not despise the work of God. You know, Peter, Peter would say it in the Bible. He says, after you've suffered a little while, God will strengthen you and make you perfect. What's the suffering for? It, it's, it's actually to, to do good for us. It doesn't feel good to the flesh. No, it doesn't. We, 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 like one brother said, you either are going through a trial, you've just come out of a trial, or you're going into a trial. One of three conditions. And they all have to do with trials. <laughs> but it's for our perfecting. I would rather have this while I'm in this earth than be on the earth for three and a half years during a tribulation without the Spirit of God to help me. I would rather have this now. I, I'm, I'm still coming to something and I'm holding it back. Ephesians 5, he would also go on to say, so ought men to love their own their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. No man has ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Oh, he's watching over us. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his mother, his father and mother, and they shall be joined unto one flesh, and the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. The whole, the whole marriage relationship has been so cheapened in this world that we live in. And, and, but let that not be among us. Let's esteem, brothers, let's esteem our wives as our queens. And they are. I, we ought to be so thankful that, that God's brought them to us. And sisters, 
if you've got a godly husband and, and whatever the faults may be, thank God for that. Thank God for that. Let's, let's just go on to Genesis 2. Here's, I've got to get to this as sort of the hub of what I was going to. Genesis 2. It's on page 6 in my Bible. I don't know what page it's in yours if you're looking for it. Sorry. Genesis 2. <laughs> Genesis 2, and this is reading in verse 21. This is the first creation. And Adam said, this is now... Sorry, verse 21. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh instead thereof. So now, I want you to notice this. The creation had actually been finished, but now he delved into a part of the first Adam, took out one of the ribs, and he closed the flesh. That's part one of this. Part two. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man... Notice the next word. Made he a woman. Now God was working with this part of that creation, but it was another work. Now just, just it doesn't say what happened. You, I, I don't know, I've read this so often and it, this just jumped out at me. I've read this so often I thought, yeah, he just took a rib and out popped a woman. No, he actually made it and fashioned it. And brought it to Adam. In other words, he, he did something that Adam would recognize that even this was a part of him. And, and, and yet it was different from him. And he said, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam, when he saw this, what's that? No. <laughs> It's like, you know, when, when boys are in, in, uh, in uh, elementary school, and they used to be when we were in school, they hated girls. Ah, I'm going to get girl germs. Ooh. And then those same boys turn into, ha, ah, where is she? <laughs> and there's this blank stare as they wander through life. And when they find it, it just turns into like a different kind of a stare, and they become Twitter-pated. Yeah. At any rate, how in the world did I get onto this today? This is our bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she's taken out a man. So something in Adam recognized this. Now jump with me really quickly from Genesis 2 to Revelations 3. Revelations 3, and we'll just read one verse, verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things, now all the church age messenger, they would take aspects of what John saw in Revelations chapter 1. The eyes of fire and, 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 the, and the light and the rainbow over his head and, and all these things. But now everyone would take an aspect. Now the last age, this is what he says. Unto the angel of the church, write this. These things saith 
first of all, the amen. God is the sovereign one. He is the final voice. I, I think that's what this age needs to hear. There is an absolute. It's not gray like the anointing that's on the world. There's an amen. And the amen is God. He's the final voice. And there's a people who under their messenger are also the final voice. And their authority is because that's what God declared unto this generation. They are the final voice. You, you can actually pick all of this up. And Brother Bannon would say, talking about the amen, aren't these wonderful descriptions of our lovely Lord and Savior? Jesus is giving us a description of himself in relation to the last age. The days of grace are winding up. He is revealing the characteristics of the last age to us, but he gives us one last look at his own gracious and supreme deity. This is the capstone revelation of himself. So when he says, this is the amen, Brother Bram says, I like that. It means whatever he says is final. A marriage is between a man and a woman. Final. A woman is the weaker vessel, subsidiary to her husband. Amen. Not in the age we live in of dominating female spirits. Brother Bram said it. I, I didn't, I'm just repeating what he said. It's a characteristic of the Catholic Church. Dominating female spirits. You know, the Catholic Church, you know, they, they, we know it never was that way. But it's funny that they picked Peter to be their first pope, which we know he wasn't. They would dare not pick Paul. Paul was your first pope? Did you hear what Paul said about women? That's exactly why we didn't pick him. Who is, who is this? Friends, that's why I love the gospel. Paul wrote 14 of the books of the New Testament, and Paul had the spirit of Christ. And every word is good. This word is the amen. It cuts us. It chastens us. It molds us. It still molds me. It ought to mold you and I as we listen to it. I say you need to be under the sound of it. I'm not saying against anything in streaming. Go ahead and stream. But somewhere, there's got to be a place. You need to hear what the voice of God is saying by way of the messenger. The amen. He also says, the faithful and true witness This is where Brother M talks about God being sovereign. By his own counsel, he purposed a plan of salvation which, with his elect, that, which he foreknew. The Son died upon the cross to establish the means of salvation, and the Holy Spirit carefully executes the will of the Father. He is working all things at this moment according to the purpose of his own will. He is in the midst of it all. He's in the midst of his church. The great creator, savior God, faithfully working among his own as the great shepherd of the sheep. His very existence is for his own. I think there ought to be more of a... Sometimes we live under a condemnation. I can't hardly approach God. 
and then we get to approach God and we receive grace. Oh, thank you. And we walk away and we forget to thank Him. And we say, Lord, help me that I don't have to come under that cycle again. And if I fall, Lord, please, I love you. I don't want to be that way. Change me. That which caused my fall. This is a song a brother, I forget his name, Daniel Florent, I think. He sings a song and he, he comes from Cloverdale, but he, he would sing a song uh, about the amen. And there's a verse and it says, I don't know how. I don't know why. I cannot explain the love of God for my soul. For down in me, when I hear the word, something in my heart says amen. And then there's a verse in there where he goes and says, as unperfect as I am, lost in this world, struck, stuck in this realm, and Satan discouraging me, but I stand up on my two feet. I raise up and I lift my hands, defying gravity, and I say amen. Friends, I don't know why in the middle of all of this, but there's something that resonates in us. It's the amen. We are a part of him. We are a part of his deity. We can't help but say amen to his word. As hard as it is sometimes, it is the truth. The spirit of God backs it up. He's the amen, and we are a faithful witness to him. There's a bride who under their messenger is the final voice. Why? Because they say amen. No matter what the prime minister says, the messenger said, I say amen. If you listen to the song, I, I didn't even think about it until I come upstairs to the shower this morning and I just turned on some songs and that was the one that popped up. And I said, you're the amen. You still are. He abides faithful. He's true to himself. He won't lie. He's true to his word. He'll back it up. He's true to us. He will lose none of us. But he will raise us up in the last day. I'm resting in his faithfulness. Now, I haven't got through this verse, but I need to just take this going back to Genesis 2. The beginning of the creation of God. Now, this is the Lord speaking this. And our thinking is what's continually being washed. And, and we say, we get the idea that Jesus was the first creation of the Godhead. Now, Brother Branham would explain it. I see him before the Father's throne. A light comes out. But the light was actually God. All God. It's symbolic. He says, we get the idea that Jesus was the first creation of God, and we make him lower than the Godhead. And he says, the first creation created all the rest of the universe and all it contains. But that's not right. He is the beginning or the author of the creation. John 1 verse 3, all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. So there, there's no doubt he is the creator. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 to 3, he is by him were all things made, or sorry, a different part, but it would talk about uh, 
things which do not appear came out of, things that appear came from things that do not appear. Now it says, He's the Creator. Now, take Creator, take that life into Christ that died the death, and now He's standing in the midst of the church. He's revealing Himself to this last age, and He calls Himself the author of the creation of God. This is another creation. This has to do with the church. This is a special designation of himself. He is the creator of that church. Just listen to this. The heavenly bridegroom created his own bride. Not like Adam and Eve in the beginning, but now he's created a bride that was not part of that creation, but she was always in him. He wrote her name on the Lamb's book of life. Now the devil can't cross that bloodline to get at you because you're in him. He can't touch you because you're in him. He can't deform you in him. Well, he can deal with your flesh. He can deal with things, but he can't touch your soul. Your soul belongs to God. You are a part of him. My, my, my. Okay, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 7. You might say, where are you going with this, Brother Ed? I'm going to just bear with me as I conclude my thoughts this morning. Hebrews chapter 7. This is a whole subject of Melchizedek. No other man in the Bible deals with Melchizedek. This is, this is Paul dealing with it. And he, he, he goes back to what was in Abraham. Now just take the picture out of Genesis for a minute. Abraham is coming from, he just won a battle with the kings of the slaughter, or he slaughtered the kings. And, and, and he came back from that, the five kings. And he comes back and the king of Sodom says, hey, we're going to give you some money. And Abraham says, no, I don't want your money. I don't know what was in Abraham to do that. And then after he comes from there, and then he meets this other king. And he says, I'll give you a tenth of all. Now, Paul is speaking about this and about this meeting. So let's just read here first of all. Verse 4. Consider how great this man was unto whom Abraham gave the tenth of spoils. And verily, they that are the sons of Levi who receive the office of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithes of the people. Now, here's something on earth that's happening. He's giving him a tenth to this king of Melchizedek. And while Melchizedek's there, Melchizedek, he he goes on to say this. uh, Let's just go to verse 9. He says, Levi also who received tithes paid tithes in in Abraham. Melchizedek. Without father or mother. Without beginning or ending. If that person ever was alive, he's still alive tonight. He still exists today. Now, now Paul is identifying this and he's saying this. And I'm saying, why are you, why are you getting there? Let me, let, me, let me just say this. Levi has not as yet been born. He is the fourth generation now, the great-great-grandson of, of, of Abraham. But this act that Abraham, God looks into Abraham and says, I like what you're doing. Then that which is going to unfold from your life, Levi won't have to pay tithes anymore. 
You talk about a God that has it all under control. You talk about a God that sees things that we don't see. And, and, and listen, this covenant of Abraham with Melchizedek, this, this, this was not under the law anymore. This was not under the Adamic covenant. This is now a covenant that God has established of grace, but under that covenant of grace, he comes to this part. Where it takes, and Brother Adam said, it will take the revealing of the Son of Man to bring forth a marriage in this last day again. Now, this, let, let me, I'm, I'm just jumping ahead of myself here. Let, let's, let's just drop down to verse 16. He is not made after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testified, thou art for a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, I, there's much I could read here. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I feel I just want to stay in this channel. What need, and so under Abraham, what was the last thing after he paid tithes? What was the next thing he did? He had communion. He had fellowship. And, and this, and remember, what happens to Abraham happens to his seed. So there's going to be a fellowship that happened that nobody knew anything about. Now, I'm going to ask a question. Of what need, then, was there in the seventh age or this last age for another revealing of Melchizedek? Why? God was going to have a fellowship with a people again. And it was going to be on a higher level than that which they could see at that moment. So here comes, and Brother Branham asked the question. I don't know if you know the story, but when Brother Branham is preaching, he's preaching in an auditorium. There's part of the crowd behind him, and then there's part of the crowd behind him, and he's in the middle, and he's preaching to them. And then as he's beginning to talk, and, and as the gift of God that came through that prophet, and he begins speaking things and saying things, and then he asks the question, now, who is this Melchizedek. And he's saying, just like Abraham saw in the, or just like Melchizedek saw in the tent behind him and heard Sarah laugh. Because that was just another manifestation of Melchizedek. Brother Bram says Melchizedek manifesting Christ. But he says, this Melchizedek. I'll tell you, say this. It was very necessary that Melchizedek was made known again. And if you're catching it and saying, well, Brother Branham was just a gifted man, you know, I'll say this, this is higher than the order of discernment. See, people want to put this as one of the Pentecostal gifts, the nine gifts. No, this is way higher than that. This is even higher than the gift of a prophet. This is nothing less than the manifestation of the Son of Man again. And when he came and he says, now, you live at such and such an address. Brother Tom actually read it the other day. There was what? 12 things, 11 or 12 things. Things that weren't, weren't these were things the person was not even thinking of. And, and, and Brother Ram is being used as a channel by God. And then he would say, what did she touch? What did he touch? And, and this was not about them knowing, oh yeah, I remember that, or I remember that. You know what it ought to do at that moment? It ought to say, 
there's not a man on earth who knows about this. The only one who knows about this is God. This is God coming to my address. This is God making himself known to me. And that's what we ought to catch. This revelation is not just Brother Branham. It's not just that, but it's God coming to your address. It's God desiring for you to recognize this message is for me. Now, I'm not under a discernment line. We don't have those kind of things. And if we start to major on those things, I think we need to major on the revelation to you personally. That's what we ought to major on. That will give you authority over the devil. Now, my... Jump back to Romans chapter 8. Brother Len, this is scripture you made real to me one day. Yes, you did. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 28. One of the verses we like to quote so often. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are we often refer it to this way, to them who are called according to his purpose. But it's not what the Bible says. To, the, to, who, to them who are the called, the selected of God, the predestinated of God, the ones he had in his mind, the ones that are catching his thought and like Mary are saying, be it unto me according to your word. And I'm glad to take my place. Oh, I'm glad to have Brother Lindiel Yance, who's a brother you know, was one of the Yance brothers. He was a Pentecostal preacher. He heard this message. He had a gift. He had a ministry. But he'd been married twice. He laid his ministry down and said, no, I am part of the called. That is not a part of the call. God bless him for that. Now, you, you watch his writing. There's a lot of more inspiration that comes out. Eliezer, tell me more. That's him that wrote that. There's others. So now we, we say, the called. Oh, my. I haven't even touched half the message this morning. The called. Five definitions of the five identifications of a church. They're the chosen ones. The called. The church. But it's not just a group. It's not just, oh, I'm, I'm glad... You know, if I'm one of the members of that church, you know, I might get in. No, it's personal. It's real. It, it's, it's Melchizedek coming down to you. Sometimes in a service, sometimes somewhere in a tape. That's God speaking to me. That's Him becoming real to me. That's what we need to hear. So He says, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom, now look at these next words. For whom He did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. So if you were in the thoughts of God, He just didn't have a thought of Rahab as a harlot. He had a thought of Rahab as the wife of Salmon. Now, she saddled with the, the harlot title a lot, but there was a greater. And there was something in her when when even though she lived in Jericho, something responded. I've never wanted this. This seems so real. 
This Joshua, she didn't ask, can I have a personal interview with Joshua? No, she accepted the word of two messengers. Two men sent. And, and when they said, here's a token, you talk about the authority of God. Whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30, moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Friends, who is doing this? The sovereign, the amen, the creator, the one that's working on your behalf. He will not rest day or night. He will water it. He will do everything he can. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will keep you. He will hold you. I, I believe before this is all over, whatever holds even around this message, Men have in camps, in holds, in cults, and I'm going to call them what they are, cults. If there's a seed of God in there, be careful where you speak against another church. If there's a seed of God in there, God will bring them out. God will not leave them there. God will call them out. God will change them. Why? He lives for his own. He breathes for his own. Let me finish the quote as we wind this down. The heavenly bridegroom created his own bride. I am not the son of Henry and Adina Hammermeister. Yeah, I thank God for them. But I'm thankful there was a greater call on my life. I didn't get into it today, but the call, oh, it is so sovereign. Uh, if you have been called, it is so real. I think, do not despise what God did. And I, I feel like saying, there's many times I have to go back and say, Lord, how you dealt with me and how I responded, Lord, keep dealing that way. Don't let me slip off into this or slip off into just, just brushing it off. No, let it be real. Let it be, let it be something I treasure. Let it be something that I'm still listening, I'm still watching for. The call. So now there's a bride that's created, as he says, just as the Spirit of God came down and created in the Virgin Mary the cells in which body he was born. I want to repeat that. He created the very cells in the womb of Mary. It was not supplied by Mary. She had nothing to do with it. It was God that used that vessel. So also did God use a vessel for a bride on earth today. It is his own creation, but she was in him when he went to Calvary. She was in him from the foundation of the world. She's coming back to her inheritance that he had before the foundation of the world. And you've been receiving the call. Now there were some that were called in Luther's time. There were some that were called in Wesley's time. They had a different part of the word. Let me just finish with this. I need to just, just go and then we're going to... Go on and on and quickly, but Brother Bannon would say this. My, where did I put it? Okay, here. Invisible union. Christ is the living word. He always was the word. A son is the attributes of his father. You didn't know it, but they were the bedding ground, and you came forth. So 
you who were sons and daughters before there ever was a moon, stars, or a molecule, you were sons and daughters. You're only the physical attribution. There's only one a physical manifestation of the attribute that was God in the beginning. There's only one formal life, and that was, in, that was you before. You didn't know nothing about it. Now, here's, here's what he would say. My body is built. It starts in the spine, but it was no spine. It went to ribs, lungs, hands. So God has also manifest in the beginning. Just like evolution came, first he created botany life, then animal life, kind of an evolution rising higher. So has it been God and his church. Justification under Luther. That's pulling a bride out now. He's creating his bride. Justification under Luther. Sanctification, see? The evolution of the spirit coming more and more. The body is building. It's coming to a head, which is Christ, the body of Christ. What's he doing? He's creating his own body. If you have a message to go back to this last week, go listen to Masterpiece. And you talk about how God built his son. And how he would start by building it in prophets. And this. Now in the New Testament, he's building his body. He is building his church. You can't stop it. Satan can't stop it. There was a reason Melchizedek had to appear in the last day. Because there's times you're going to get beat down. Okay, musicians, you come. There's times you're going to get beat down. There's times the devil's going to have one over on you. There's times you won't know which way is up or down. And you might feel like, i got to get saved all over again. No, you don't need to get saved all over again. You are just trapped into it. Your name was always there. You always were a part of him. And therefore, you stand up, you lift your hands against gravity, and you say, I'm one of them. I am not doing, I am not meant to be this. Satan, whatever you did to trap me, it's going back. Why? Because I'm in him. And his own blood was shed for me. His own blood is a line that you cannot cross. I'm in him. When I was baptized underwater, I was in him. When I went a little further as he dealt with me and was cleansed, I was in him. And now in the Holy Ghost, you can't touch me. You can't even see the real me. I'll tell you what. How'd you like to be the devil sometime? No, I'm not. Don't, don't, don't take it seriously. But could you imagine? In this last day, he throws everything. The gates of hell is thrown at the church. He causes, and then he comes right to the church, and he'll cause splits, and he'll cause hard feelings, and he'll cause this, and, he'll, and then you feel like you want to, and then something, you go in prayer, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God comes, and you say, no, I'm not going to do that. I will not retaliate. I will be like Christ was. Why? Something's actually been applied. They're in something. Therefore, you're subject to the life of Christ, not what the enemy. And here the devil's thinking, I got him, I got him. Just watch in the end. He's, he's, he's just about to send an email. Look, he's hit the uppercase button. He's ready. He's ready to vent. Well, what's he doing? He's bowing his head in prayer. He's opening. Hey, he turned the uppercase off. Hey, he's not sending the email. Hey, he's picking up the phone and saying, Brother, forgive me. How did that happen? The devil's going, I had him. Satan, you can't. Brother Branham would say, Satan, be careful. 
Why? There's a people on the land in the land today. Satan, you can't cross that bloodline. I thought of a song. I asked Sister Naomi if she could sing it. And she sang it before, but that just came to me. So let's have her sing, if you don't mind. Think about where you're at in Christ this morning. Think about the fellowship you can have. You're not outside. You're not an alien anymore. Go ahead, sister. Even though my spirit's low And it seems I can't hardly go But still I see victory by faith and can't see what lies before me but still I see victory Sometimes our battle gets hot And it seems we're fighting a lot But I remember I'm standing on the rock So Satan, if I were you I'd turn around and give up too Because I believe you're bound to lose
Sometimes our battles get hot And it seems we're fighting a lot But I remember I'm standing on the rock So Satan, if I were you I'd turn around and give up too Because I believe you're bound to lose There's a reality to that song. There's a reality to the blood. The blood will never lose its power. It won't lose it for any situation. Shall we sing, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power? The blood that Jesus
just play something softly? Wherever you are today, whatever condition you may be in, you're from the inside. You're trying to look down. But God sent you this message so you could see as God sees you. Not that you could be bound up by circumstances. Not that you could be bound up by, I've had this total along. I don't know what will happen. I've had these issues. It's our family makeup. These are part of our traits. No. All of that can be taken care of this morning by the blood. Satan's hold can be lost just like that. Do you believe that this morning? We're going to have a word of prayer in a moment. Brother Ben. Whitmire, I'm going to ask you to come and close in prayer. But I want you just take these words, take these thoughts, hold them to your heart this morning. I believe God is more than able to take care of us. If we're sincere, and Brother Branham was told the same thing, if you're sincere, nothing will stand before you. I believe as the bride of Christ who is under the Amen, who is under her messenger, who was known before him, before the foundation of the world, the one that he's building the church. This is the last part of the building before a capstone comes down. I believe we have a right to claim every promise this morning. Let's just, uh, let's just sing... Um, Something keeps holding me. Brother Ben, if you'll come right after this. Something keeps holding me. Something keeps holding me. 